Welcome to another episode of Growth Marketer Podcast. I'm Solomon Timothy. And I am Taylor Rowe. All right, Taylor. So last time we spoke about digital marketing, a big overview of where it is and what's uh, yet to come. And today we're going to dig a little deeper into the topic of SEO. And it's something that's really near and dear to our hearts. And um, I'm excited, man. I'm excited. So let's get started. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So um, I guess before we get into SEO, I want to give the listeners uh, kind of an overview of, of what SEO is, right? So sure. SEO stands for search engine optimization. And really, when people talk about search engine optimization, primarily talking about one search engine in particular, which is is Google. Uh, and I think when we look at what Google is is trying to do and how Google was designed, we want to go all the way back to uh, sort of the, you know, inception of Google and um, how that all got started. So Google actually was founded by obviously Larry Page and uh, Sergey or Sergey, never can Sergey. pronounce that right. Yeah, exactly. Sergey Brin. Um, and so I think they they did it as some sort of a, a project at the university at Stanford when they, you know, seniors there or some sort of a, a project, ultimately a graduate students. And ultimately, they wanted to create a sort of a digital library or a way to categorize the internet and understand which pages or which websites were more relevant or more authoritative than others, right? If you're if you're trying to do some research and you're trying to find the best source, you want to know which ones you can trust and, and which ones you can't. And even back then in, you know, 1996 or 1995, you know, anybody could essentially put information out there. So it's hard to understand, you know, how that translates to today where, you know, now that's really exploded. But they created a, a project called Backrub, which ultimately they decided that if one website in particular had a lot of backlinks from other websites that it must be more important or it must be more relevant, it must be more trusted because other websites or you know other articles, pages, books are actually pointing to that as a point of reference. So they created this you know program that would ultimately kind of catalog all of the different websites or properties out there and index them or uh, you know order them by, authority and which ones had more backlinks. And so that was sort of the basis of the search engine. And they applied that with their next project, which ultimately was Google. And that's where, if you remember PageRank, how that all came right. in and they started, you know, having a specific number for, you know, each website and, you know, what, how do you quantify exactly, you know, the authority of a particular page? So it sort of evolved from then, but those same sort of ideals still hold true today in terms of what website is the best website when you're searching for something. So fast forward until you know, 2019, Google's whole mission and Google's whole job is to show the user the most relevant result to right. whatever they're searching for. And even before they search it, right? I'm sure there's been times where you're you know, on your phone or you know, at, at your desktop and you start to type something in and Google already knows autofill is exactly <laughs> right. what you're looking for. You're not the first one thinking about that. Exactly, yeah. And so... That is the idea behind Google is to show the user most relevant result to whatever the intent of your search. And in order to show up, when we talk about search engine optimization, it's doing everything for your website in order to make your website the most authoritative, most, most relevant result to whatever that search is. So they've come out and said there's 200 and something different factors that Google is going to look at in determining who shows up where. And none of it is an accident, right? None of it is, right. is by choice. And so when we talk about doing search engine optimization, it's building up your website and 
sort of massaging it, if you will, until you know it becomes that most relevant result. And we want to look at all those same factors that Google is looking at. And we want to talk a little bit about how do we categorize those different factors on this podcast today. So Solomon, you want to kind of jump into, you know, different you know, stages or different buckets, if you will, of SEO and, and how we look at that here at One IMS? Absolutely. So, I mean, the easiest way to do it is to say, you know, there's the on-page factors, right? Things that you see on the page, you can easily right-click view source and see the title tags, the meta descriptions, and so on. The off-page factors that you mentioned, mm-hmm. the backlinks, you know, links coming to the website. And there's the user engagement part, right? The behavior of the user, how they behave and, and whether or not they just come for 10 seconds and bounce. That's a really important factor for Google. Social signals, do we have uh, mentions on the web and Facebook, Twitter, whatever it might be. Um, there's also technical things that are really, really important lately. So, I mean, I, I, it's a, you know, we can go into a podcast episode on every single one of these things. Obviously, we're not going to do that today. Right. I want to give our audience a high level of what they should be focusing on on a day-to-day basis, right? What should they be looking for when they're trying to optimize their website? If you're not getting the traffic that you should be getting from organic, if you see your competitors outranking you for certain keywords and you have a lot of content, you've built up a lot of you know assets around that keyword and you don't show up, then perhaps we got to dig deeper into every one of these areas. Sure. sure. So being as this is the, the SEO 101 podcast, right? Absolutely. let's start at the at the very beginning. So if you're you're designing a website and you're trying to optimize that, right? So you mentioned the, the on-page factors. So what are some of those on-page factors and easy things that people can do to optimize their website for certain search terms? I would say, I mean, start with the title tag, right? Just start with what is this page going to be about? And making sure that you don't have five other pages that talk about the same, you know, item. It should be one. And if it's a certain keyword, make sure that keyword is present as early on in that title as possible. Make sure it's within certain pixels so that you're not having a very long sentence, right, Mm -hmm. as your title tag. I mean, if you install Yoast plugin, it'd be a very easy place to start in terms of what is that title user going to see and how do you perfect it and also keeping tabs on every single one of your title tags so that you don't have the same thing you know five times over right mm-hmm. so that would be the where to start then meta description the h1 tag then you can go into the content making sure the keywords are there on and on and on and on until you get to a point you're like exhausted everything on the right. <laughs> the, the on page yeah, factors I- Exactly. And I think, um, you know, there's that old saying, right, content is king when it comes to SEO. And I think that's sometimes is, is overlooked. And again, when we when we try to teach people, especially just getting started with SEO as your it's a brand new website, or you're trying to understand how to optimize your website, and it sounds a little overwhelming, right? I think the just the term search engine optimization makes it sometimes sound a little more <laughs> yeah, complicated than it is. But again, Google is getting more and more advanced and getting smarter and smarter. So again, you want to just create an environment or create a an experience on your website that is valuable and relevant to your audience. So it comes back to, like you said, who is this page for? Uh, how are people supposed to find it? What information should they look for on that website? And go deep as you can into that particular topic. Of course, you need to structure that content in the proper way with the correct title tags, meta descriptions. You're writing it almost as if it's a paper. So the top sort of header, the main header, H1, is basically the you know main topic of the paper. And then you go into different paragraphs, if you will, and you know, H2, and 3, and 4, and so on. And each of those different header sections 
the title tags should be searchable keywords that relate to that topic or that audience that you're trying to drive to that that particular page. And then that meta description, along with the title tag, is almost like your advertisement on Google, right? Because that's what people are going to see if you do a good enough job to get up to the first page or second page and people scroll by it, they're going to only see you know, a couple of things, the title tag, the URL, the meta description, maybe some, you know, schema if you're if you're pulling in reviews or something like that. But there's a, a finite amount of text or content that's there. So you need to sort of have a, a good mixture of 50%, you know, for Google and 50% for that user of what will be enticing enough for people to click on. And that's why you see certain keywords and search terms that are commonly at the top, you know, people searching for best or top or you know anything along those lines as their you know title tag or as they're in their meta description because for whatever reason people do search that way and they click on it right if they're searching for some sort of a recipe and you know you see the first result is 10 best recipes for x y or z that's primarily because a lot of people click on that high click through rate and then obviously you mentioned the user behavior time on site all those, all those other factors but again we want to look at it and don't overcomplicate it just create a good user experience, create relevant and valuable content. I think creating value to your audience is going to be a common theme across all marketing channels, especially when it comes to search engines, because again, Google's going to get smarter and smarter and starting to identify which content is better than others. Again, we have to look at those off-page factors, which we'll talk about in a second, but the more value and the deeper that you can go into each subject, the better chance that you're going to have at actually showing up for those search terms. Absolutely. And, and like I said, these, there's you can easily Google a checklist of on-page factors and just literally go down the list yeah. and you'll be able to hit every single one. Are there of certain tools or technologies that you recommend? I think you mentioned Yoast. Do you want to kind of explain how, how that works? Yeah, or I mean, are you, there certain even if you're, let's even take a step back, if you're building a new website, what CMS or content management system should people use? Are there ones that are more search engine friendly than others? Absolutely. So I think um, we got to talk about what's, uh, you can build a super fast website that's, you know, not WordPress because, you know, Google just needs to be able to read the page. But for the purposes of building a site and building on content on top of it, you know, a lot of people use WordPress and we highly recommend it because it's easy to build, easy to maintain, easy to scale, easy to manage. And it still fits all the criteria that, you know, Google looks at or an SEO might look at. Are there ways to do it better? Probably, right? But it wouldn't be as easy as it, the whole world has made it to be. Right. Yeah, I think the maintenance piece is, is probably the best facet or, or the best you know, attribute of something like a WordPress or any CMS, right? Is if you, you, realistically, you're going to change the website <laughs> in the future, right? right? Maybe on a daily basis. So if you're hard coding that or something, you know, completely custom built, like you kind of used to have to do, you may have to basically download your entire website, <laughs> make a change to the code and then upload it. And if something breaks, you know, right. So a CMS, especially one like WordPress, which is, you know, open source, there's people creating plugins, updates, all those sorts of things. There's a community behind it that are, you know, propping this up and supporting it. And like you said, there are specific tools and essentially sections of the website for the most, you know, basic user to be able to go in, change the content, add in, you know, title tags, meta descriptions. You don't really have to code anything once the website is kind of up and running. So I think that's a good tip. And again, if, if you're just getting started, 
tools like Yoast are great to clearly identify what keyword the page is supposed to be about and where to put, you know, title tags, meta descriptions. There are certain limitations for character limits on those same items. So I think just kind of following those guidelines uh, would help with a tool like that. Yeah, I mean, there's endless tools in the SEO world, right? There's everything from keyword research, you know, figuring out how to scan your website and find issues like Screaming Frog and all those Mm -hmm. old school tools that still are pretty relevant in the SEO world. So probably an episode on tools would be a (laughs) a great. So let's talk about keyword research. You bring up a good point. I think we kind of skipped that. We jumped right to optimizing for keywords. But again, how do you... As a a business owner or as a marketer that's kind of just getting started here, or even someone who's, you know, more advanced, I think that's a huge critical factor in terms of being successful is what keywords should you show up for? So do you have any tips for doing that keyword research, whether that's, you know, from a strategic point of view or from a technical side on different tools and things that you should use? Well, I always recommend using free tools before you want to go and start buying things. And the best place to start, like you said, is just searching for a particular keyword and what would Google, yeah. you know, autofill. And, you know, so and you look at that and you scroll all the way to the bottom of it, Google will show you related searches. And those would be places that you want to start just because Google gives you sort of that first hand information without you even knowing that you're trying to do SEO, right? You just literally copy and paste those. Yeah. And then if you click on one of them, Google will give you search results and then some more related searches. And you can continue to do this until you've gotten a pretty good list of keywords that you know your audience will be looking for. If you want to know keyword search volume, you can head over to Keyword Planner and plug in those same keywords and Google will give you some ranges of here's how much traffic that you can expect when you put this particular keyword in, right? So long story short, if you can do that much, you're way ahead than just sort of going in, you know, and just trying to pretend this is the keyword that you want to do. Of course, like I said, you could use the tools. A lot of this stuff is coming right from Google, mm-hmm. right? They're just scraping it up and packaging it and right. selling it. Yeah, Unless you're an expert, you don't majority, have to go hundred yeah, bucks a month. The majority of the, the tools revolving around keyword research, aside from the ranking, right? If you're talking about search volume, even just yeah, anything related to long tail keywords, yeah, long tail, short tail keywords, all that kind of stuff. 90% of it has to be coming from Google. I mean, they're the only one that has that data. In terms of how many, there's no other way anybody could right. tell you how often someone's searching for a particular keyword, right? right? It's all coming from various Google products. And like you said, it's just repackaged and some tools are better than others at, at delivering those that data. But yeah, I, I think that's a good tip. I mean, you, you're basically saying go straight to Google, you know, think about what you want to show up for, do a search and see who shows up and why they show up, what keywords they're using in their title tags, meta descriptions, what those pages are about. And then also, like you said, Google will always have those different dropdowns or people also search for at the very bottom of the search result page. They're going to have a bunch of, you know, hypertext linked keywords that are other relevant searches. And I think just kind of following that rabbit hole, there's no way you couldn't come up with 50, 100 different iterations of that exact search. So I tell people it's right in front of us. You can look at it, right? And you can also see how many results are found on that particular keyword, mm-hmm. which will tell you competition. Yep. There's a lot of results and crap. This is 58 million pages. Yeah. That's probably a big one. If there's 3 million, most likely it's a long tail keyword yep. that you can get away with, right? And this is without using any tools or even knowing what tools there are. Hey, thanks for listening. Solomon here. Are you frustrated because you're not getting enough inbound leads? You're worried that the leads that you're getting are not qualified? Or maybe you're disappointed in the conversion rate from the leads 
to customers, right? It's really, really low. Well, I got good news for you. I talk to business owners every single day. You're not alone. All right, businesses go through this when there is a lack of strategy sometimes. Uh, maybe the approach isn't appropriate for your situation or sometimes you got all of those things right, but it was just poor execution. I'll tell you what, head over to oneims.com and fill out one of our forms. Talk to one of our consultants. That's all we do. We talk to business owners day in and day out. Share with us your challenges and see if we're a fit, right? See if we can find you a solution to your growing pains. You know, our hope here at OneIMS and especially with this podcast is to give you the tools, the technology, the ideas, the strategies, everything we possibly can for you to succeed. All right. So thank you for listening and let's get back to our topic for the day. So let's talk about that because we've mentioned long tail, short tail. I think even before you get to just going and typing into Google or downloading any free resources and free tools, I would take a step back and look at, you know, what are you selling and and who are you selling it to, whether that's a product or a service, you have somebody that you're trying to reach, right? And so if you kind of understand who that person is, what's important to them and what is their thought process or their decision-making process before they make a purchase or before they choose a new vendor, whether you're B2B, B2C, understand who they are, what's important to them, what did that decision-making process look like and break that into three sections, right? So whether that's or research phase where they're maybe not even aware that the problem exists, they're just kind of doing some research, whether that's, you know, that'd be more on top of the funnel, whether they're middle of the funnel sort of consideration phase uh, or whether they're bottom of the funnel Uh, decision-making phase, right? And then if you do that same keyword research along each step of that process, so you do keyword research around the top of the funnel, Mm -hmm. every single type of research that may be important to your product or service before they even realize they need it, there's going to be a whole keyword strategy, content strategy around that. Go to the middle of the funnel, try to understand, okay, consideration, they're looking at you know, alternatives, whether that's an alternative product, you know, solution, maybe they're trying to do it themselves. If it's, you know, you're a service provider or vendor, they're kind of doing some research around that, weighing the pros and cons, and then all the way down to the bottom of the funnel where they're looking for, they've decided they need your service or they need your product and they're looking, you know, to, to hire somebody or they're looking to make a purchase. And if you do those same that same process you're talking about, do the searches at the top, the middle, and then the bottom when they're searching for, you know, best IT solutions provider, Chicago, that's very, very bottom of the funnel, buyer intent related search. Um, Like you said, it's going to be more competitive. Uh, So ideally, you'd get in front of them at the very beginning, because if they do truly go through that process, you're going to be in front of them three, four times. By the time they actually search for, you know, best whatever, you're going to be, you know, they, they already recognize who you are. So I think that's, you know, how I would approach doing keyword research. Again, it just falls back to understanding who your customers are and providing the most value that you can. Your website needs to basically become a, a dictionary of whatever product or service that you sell. And of course, you need to structure that and optimize that in a way that makes sense from user behavior once they're on the site. And also for Google, so that Google can clearly crawl, understand which pages you've prioritized internally and uh, that which pages should show up when people are searching. Bing is not going to be very happy with this podcast. No, no, no. <laughs> All three of their employees are going to be upset. <laughs> I mean, we said we're going to talk about off-page, but I think it makes sense to mention it and talk a little bit and maybe clear any confusion people have about it. Like yeah. I said, it's one of those so, things. So what is a, when we talk about off-page optimization, there's a lot you touched on, you know, social signals and, you know, user behavior, backlinks, directories, all those sorts of things. I think probably the the biggest piece that, 
people talk about SEO, people talk about is just backlinks or people say authority and you know, trust flow, citation flow. There's a lot of different tools and metrics, none of which come from Google, by the way. Right. But just at the, the most, yeah, exactly. What is, at the most basic level, what is a, a backlink? It's basically someone linking from their website to your website, right? To a particular page of your website, right? It could be the homepage, it could be an inner page, it's anywhere. And that link could be in the form of text, it could be a picture, anything that can hyperlink, like you said, to our site, right? That would be, it could be in the, in the byline of your article. Hey, so-and-so is the CEO of XYZ company, and there's a link to that company. That is what a backlink is. And are there different types of backlinks that, that people could get? You mentioned, you know, a text versus a picture, a link. picture but what about, um, you know, like we, we talk about a do follow versus a no follow. So what does that mean in, in the eyes of Google? Right. So the eyes of a developer, we'll talk about that because okay. in the eyes of yeah. Google, we don't know what it means. <laughs> the eyes of a, a developer, you can pass the value of the, you know, the page that you have, the authority of your website to that link by having a do follow link. Or you can say no follow like Forbes and all those big magazines. They have a lot of authority and they have a lot of links and they don't want that to be passed to the the, the page that you're linking to. They put a no follow tag on it. That means that, hey, no value should be passed to this website, right? Just the fact that we're linking to it and that's it. So again, mm-hmm. from an, it, there's a lot of yeah. right, you know, so argument about the user. I mean, the user still doesn't follows, have any right? idea. They go, right. but the no you know, authority, again, kind of a made up term, but uh, no link juice is passed passed. from one side to the other with a no follow link. So um, do you think that from an SEO perspective, like you said, we don't, we don't know 100% what Google wants. Uh, They've given us sort of the ingredients, but not the exact recipe. The recipe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we know that they, they do differentiate no follow versus do follow. Um, and we kind of believe that you want a, a good combination of both um, because, again, looks natural. It's natural, exactly. And that's what Google wants is the real results. And so anything that looks forced or fake or, you know, you had zero links yesterday, zero backlinks yesterday, and you had 10,000 do follow backlinks with the exact same anchor text today, uh, all from, you know, 10,000 different websites. Right. It just... You know, that doesn't happen in the you know, natural world, right? right? So I think just doing it naturally um, is, is a, a big piece of importance. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't be frustrated or, um, you know, upset if you have an opportunity to get a link and it's a no-follow link. Right. Uh, it's still an opportunity for your brand to get mentioned. Um, if it's a high-traffic website, you mentioned Forbes. Uh, I, you know, you never turn down an opportunity to get written on Forbes. Uh, because it's a no-follow link and it doesn't necessarily have the same uh, SEO impact of a do-follow link, right? You're capturing and piggybacking on someone else's audience. You can get people to click on that and go to your website. Google does see all of that, right? I mean, all websites essentially have Google Analytics code on them. They're tracking user behavior. So I do think that would still be a factor and impact that they can tell that this is this you know, website or this person knows what they're talking about because there's a lot of people clicking from this website and going to their website, even though it's not a traditional do follow link. Um, so where else can people get backlinks? What are some easy ways? Um, do they cost money? Are they free? Uh, how, do, how does somebody go about getting more authority to their website? It's simple, right? So if you belong to 
you know, your industry associations. That would be a first place to get it. It could be your chamber of commerce. It could be just Google My Business and all the local directories uh, that are out there, right? The Yelp, Yelp and Facebook and Twitter and everywhere else. Anywhere you can have your business name added, your address, your domain name is a, a, a basically a crawlable page where there's a link and Google, Google will give you value. And then beyond that, it's to contribute content on other websites. That would be another way to, right, to, to get it. Or you create amazing content on your website and you can promote that and people will naturally link to it. It's a process at mm-hmm. the end of the day. It's not like you can do X, Y, Z and get links. I mean, there's people that literally specialize in link building and that's all they do eight hours a day or 12 or whatever many hours. And there's a million different ways to get links. The fact of the matter is you have to continue to do something about it, right? So whether it's directory is a very simple way of getting links to creating content or outreaching and then asking people to link to your content, contributing content on other people's website. Right. It's millions of things. Creating uh, an app that people link to, yeah. right? That's that's a linkable asset, and people will link to it, and that's how you do it. Mm-hmm. But long story short, it's con- it's basically doing some of the same things that we're talking about: creating value for other people that's worth for them to link to. Yep. Yeah, and like you said, whether you're being proactive and reaching out to websites and saying, you know, I think this would be valuable to your audience to link to, or I wrote a similar article, or uh, I'd like to contribute to your blog or your website if in exchange for a link or something along those lines. Um, and the reality is every other website out there is trying to do the exact same thing that you are. So they're writing content for their website. They're trying to add images, all those sorts of things. So when they're doing their research uh, along this, you know, along those same lines and the same topics, uh, the more value you can create on your website, the better chance that they're actually going to link back to you. Um, now, again, like you said, if you don't proactively do anything about that, it's very unlikely that you're you're going to compete at the top of those search results if you're in a competitive space just by creating valuable content and you know crossing your fingers that someone's going to find it and link to it. Uh, so I would recommend obviously outreaching and, and being proactive um, or working obviously with a it could be that one link that makes the difference. Mm-hmm. And that's Absolutely. why two sites in the same industry, mm-hmm. it's hard to you know rank. For the same keyword, because one could have more age, one could have more content on it, one could have more backlinks. There's so many different factors that go into right why a page is ranking where it's at. I mean, let's summarize this just a little bit because I know we kind of sure. just like drinking from a fire hose. <laughs> and again, we're coming with years of experience. So this for a one-on-one course, I want to make sure this is very, very simple. Um, how do we summarize? Yeah. What you should be doing. I like how you said, let's summarize it and then <laughs> have me summarize it. Yeah, I, I think the main theme that we're talking about here is create value for your audience, for your users. Clearly define to yourself and map out who your content or your product service is for, how they're supposed to find it, and have a strategy behind that. And then when you create the content, optimize it on the website that is very user-friendly. Uh, make sure you have a very clean, fast-loading website. People can find content within a couple of clicks um, and that you're going deep into those subjects and then doing all those very basic on-page optimization items, title tags, meta descriptions, all of that. Um, And then from the off-page factor, make sure that we're going out there and getting links back to the website. Like you said, at the very least, claim all of your local directory listings, uh, industry-specific directories, make sure that you're writing about 
what you do in those directories and using some keywords in there. Make sure you have consistent uh, company name, address, phone number, hours of operation, upload pictures. All of those uh, signals and factors point to Google and to any user that's on those directories that you are a legitimate company and that you're consistent, right? I mean, even things as simple as you know, having Inc. after your company name on one directory and having LLC on one and, you know, having nothing on another. Or different addresses, your all old address. Different phone numbers. Those are, you know, basically different businesses or in, in Google's eyes, or at least inconsistencies where they're not going to have as much confidence to show your website at, at the top. So I think, again, to summarize would be create a great user experience um, and create relevant content and get as hyper-focused as you can for the keywords that you're trying to show up for and go very deep into those subjects uh, because that's the trend that we're seeing within Google. To Again, to show more and more and more relevant results, uh, that's where you're going to see, even within Google search results, um, you know, basically the knowledge box coming up and those sorts of things, rich snippets where Google is trying to create such a good user experience that people don't even have to leave Google. Right. Uh, people are searching in you know, Siri or Alexa. Um, they're not you know, going to the website. They're not saying, oh, you should check out www.whatever. They're searching and crawling and finding the most relevant result and actually speaking it back to you. So that's Going, that's not going to change. It's going to continue to go down that path. So the more in-depth and straight to the point that you can get on each individual subject, answer every single possible question that's out there uh, about your product or service and structure it in a way that Google can easily find it. Um, that's really what, what SEO is, search engine optimization is. It's, it's optimizing for user experience. It's optimizing for load speed, you know, technical items uh, for Google. On, as well as getting a list on other websites. And I think one thing that, um, because it's so overwhelming, there's so many pieces of it, people give up, right? That's yeah. like, hey man, this is too much. Or they try it, maybe even hire a consultant. It's not moving fast enough. Let's scrap this whole SEO thing and maybe put our money somewhere else. Yeah. And I think that is the biggest problem. Yeah. Right. And I think I if you I, give up, then you're probably not going to have a shot. We even didn't even talk about that in SEO 101. Talk a little bit about the timeline. How long does is SEO a one time thing? Can I SEO my website? Is that is that yeah? You can is? SEO your website. <laughs> is that a, and, is that a thing? and and then and then pretty much expect no visits or traffic, right? I mean, that's what you get. You do a one time optimization, and you're how do you even tell Google that this page has been updated, right? You might have to submit your sitemap again or something like that. Some stupid thing. Maybe you are missing your robots that text file, right? So at the end of the day. One time isn't going to work because there's so many things that you need to look for on a regular basis to technically, I'd love to audit a website every week if I can to see if something has changed. Maybe we removed a page and we didn't redirect it to another page, right? Every week would be a great thing to do. If you don't have it every month, mm. but at the end of the day, you can't do it one time. You don't create one page of content and then hope that you're going to rank for the most competitive keyword. It's a lot of trial and error. It's consolidating content. It's getting rid of pages that no longer add value to the website or your whole entire thing. And also creating new content that pages that you don't really have because, you know what I mean? You're not ranking for it because we really didn't think about that content. So I don't think it ever ends. Yeah. That's 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 just... Well, the reality could, is, yeah, it's a moving target because Google right. Google's changing every day, every second. I mean, you think about you know, AI and all those sorts of things as well, and being introduced to algorithms. I mean, the way that 
different things are weighted and all that kind of stuff is going to change every single day. So, uh, so should your website, right? And right. you should always, like you said, do audits, understand who's ranking, who's, who's not, what's going on. Uh, and what can I do to consistently improve my website? I think that's really what Google's looking for as well as fresh, relevant, and, uh, you know, consistent improvement on your website. So anything you can do along those lines. And you mentioned also not getting overwhelmed. Uh, I think it's, we always make the the comparison with when we're talking to our clients, right? It's, it's almost like a, a fitness program or, you know, workout routine or something. If you want to get in shape, you want to lose weight, um, you know, you want to run a marathon, right? Uh, for one, it's, it's not overnight and there's not just one factor that comes in, right? Uh, even within, you know, one category, let's say, you know, exercise or diet or sleep or whatever that may be. There's a lot of different factors that go into your diet and you know, what are you eating today and how does your body react to certain foods and, you know, nutrients and all that kind of stuff. So um, your website is really, really the same thing. There's no, you know, quick fix. There's no silver bullet to say, you know, just do this, you know, one simple trick and you'll be running a marathon tomorrow. You'll be the best uh, website right. tomorrow. I, I think um, you got to look at it objectively. You have to be honest with yourself. You have to look at the level of competition uh, and understand what your competitors are doing that are beating you. Um, and also what your customers are looking for in terms of user experience. And you may have to make changes to your product or service uh, to make it better and make it more relevant. I think we're sometimes missing the overall marketing aspect of this whole thing is just you know marketing your product or service, right? There's a lot of technical aspects that go into SEO, but I think you, you really need to understand what your customers are looking for before you even start trying to optimize your website. Absolutely, and that's a good place to stop today. Thank you all for listening and we'll see you next time.